happy, I don't know, what is it, Monday, Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's uh, hump day eve. It sure is, Steve. For those who celebrate. That's awesome. Are we supposed to, like, egg people's houses? What are we supposed to do today? Don't we do that on Devil's Night? Um, We call it Goosey Night. Wow, much more um, innocuous title that you all used in Jersey, in Pittsburgh, in the rough streets of Springdale, Pennsylvania. It was called Devil's Night on October 30th, Mm -hmm. leading into Halloween. I don't know what you guys were doing on the East Coast. <laughs> Devil's <laughs> Wait, so, Night. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, I, yeah, we never called it that. Okay. And then I um, I don't know if I did this on Devil's Night or not, but I egged one of my paper customers. I was a paper boy, and I egged one of my paper customers' Why? houses. And Why here's would you the, do that? I don't know, Donna. I mean, I think by and large, I was a an awfully nice kid. But, you know, like... I don't know. It was like the weird scene in a coming of age movie when the nice character does something out of character to test the limits and feel rebellious. So I egged this really nice old lady's house. She had old lady cotton candy hair and everything, Donna. <laughs> That's wow. Did I know. You, did your parents make you go and apologize to her? I don't think I told my parents that that. So you happened. never. Okay. So I what don't think I've ever served is time. I'm gonna send your this to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I'm sure your mom is listening. So uh, did you uh, ask for forgiveness of your heavenly father? Of all of my transgressions, yes. Okay, great. Which uh, egging, you know, probably didn't didn't even register too high on the list of transgressions. But still at the time, it did feel very like, why did I do that? We had a neighbor right across. You want to hear something, though? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe this is why. Hurt people hurt people, right? That's what your tattoo says. (laughs) <laughs> and there was a guy across the street. They egged our house, the land assist. They were, we were like friendly with them, but they were like the rebels who moved onto the street. We had two rebellious neighbors right nearby. Kids, right? Teenagers, yeah. Okay, not the adults. No, the okay. adults I'm were. I'm thinking of the family when you're like, these people moved in. and. Yeah, but the family, you know, and, and we love the, the land assist, but you, you would, there's, central casting would call them to play this type of family, okay. right? We need someone to kind of break the mold here. You live a little looser. The rules aren't the same. A lot of hollering. Jim! A lot of that, you know, <laughs> where my parents are like, Steven, dinner time. And the other two neighbors are a little crazy. Anyway, those neighbors, yes, they egged our house once. In addition to that, though, I was walking without my T-shirt on. I just, I was topless. It was summer in Springdale. This dude, a friend of theirs, sees me. Walks right past me, Donna Valentine, puts a lit cigarette out on my chest. I was a kid. I was like 10. And this teenager puts a cigarette out of my burnt chest. Your lack of immediate empathy and response here shows me (laughs) how hardened you are. Okay, so hold up. I mean, you're leaving out a lot of details. So this kid randomly bullied you and thought he would uh, physically assault you with... Thank a you. cigarette. Now we're getting there. Do you Even still have was, the scar? I don't. Okay. And do you go home and tell your parents? Yes. My parents knew that Craig Anderson, incidentally, also the name of my uncle, but a different guy, put out a cigarette on my chest. And, and I believe wh- my dad I believe my dad spoke with Craig. So it was the neighbor or the neighbor's friend? It was the neighbor's friends. But the neighbors did plenty of crazy stuff. We had uh-huh. we had wild neighbors. They called us the one of the neighbors called us the Flanders. <laughs> it was like we had the Bart next door, and then we were the Flanders. They it was a really wild time. I think my dad got increasingly motivated 
to find a new place for us to call home. And so at the age of 12, we were able to afford our way out of uh, that street. <clears throat> Though we have fond memories. And I just took my kids there a few weeks ago and said, this is where I grew up. This is where my childhood was. Isn't it crazy how every, because I just passed my house where I grew up, lived my whole life, never lived anywhere else before I left home. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how much smaller everything looks. And I'm like, wow, I don't remember our house being that close to the street. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because of having lived on my own for so long and being, you know, in the Midwest and, you know, there's bigger lawns in the suburbs. And do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And no, I, I totally know what you're saying, but I have a feeling that would even happen for adults who grew up as children in your pick a Minnesota suburb. There's something about when you get older and there's been a fair amount of time before you go back to a place where you were little. Right. That then it's almost like, you know, like to use a sort of strange example, it's like the you, you as a little kid played inside of one of those little playhouses in your backyard. Exactly. And now the bigger, mm-hmm. I actually take up more space. Donna goes back in. It's like, this thing is so freaking small. There's like almost something mentally it feels like that happens. Like once we grow up, sure, we're a little bit physically bigger, but our imaginations have things bigger and wider and taller. Right. Yes. And it's kind of also goes back to that. I was just listening to actually um, a radio show elsewhere. Sorry. Uh, don't give I'm human. Uh, about what you're talking about with memory. Hmm. And how your memory can trick you into believing something is true, even though it didn't happen the way you think it did. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of got a little bit of that in it, too. A little Nelson Mandela effect. Yes, that's what they call it. Yes. Say more about that. What does that mean? The Nelson Mandela effect, it's the pop culture term because a lot of people misremembered Nelson Mandela and the amount of time that he served in prison. Oh, and oh, okay. so it's just it's this misremembering of things. But this that's done on like a groups group level. Yeah. Why it's interesting. Uh-huh. Like I, was, I always okay. tell people while we, while we talk about this, we've said the, the name of this podcast 8000 times on this show, but we'll say it again. Anytime this topic comes up, Free Brian Williams is the name of an individual podcast episode done by Malcolm Gladwell. And it's interesting as to what happens to memory. You can have whatever thoughts you want about Brian Williams and the plane incident and how he ended up getting let go from NBC, but they at least challenge you to think about his memory and maybe your own memory a little bit differently. This show that I was listening to very similarly was talking about how there are so many people who visited Disney World as a kid and they insist that they took a picture with Bugs Bunny Oh, funny. And, 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 and like, n- like numerous people were like, oh, nope, wow. I know, I know for a fact that I was with my family and it was blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, there's no place for Bugs Bunny in Disney World. No, get out of here. Right. Scram. Yeah. So it was this woman who was a professional, um, you know, in like an expert in this field of, of memory and recollection. And Interesting. same, same thing, you know, it's kind of like you could be convinced We'll do it on this show. I'm like, I did not oh say that. Gosh. Yes, you did. I, I did not because I know I was thinking blah, blah, blah. Play it back. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about this. Memory's wrong. Before we go to break, Donna, Steve, how do you spell Fruit Loops? Ooh. This, okay. So, all right. Um, I'm going to go. This has to be F-R-O-O-T, separate word, 
L O O P S. And I'm going to say it's normal fruit and L O O P S. Steve is right. Good is job, it Steve. Really? Yeah. I said that it not is. believing it. But exactly, wow. but a lot of people believe it is the regular spelling Got of it. fruit and loops. That's a Mandela effect thing. Wow. Okay. Oh my God, we're learning things so early. How fascinating. All right, we have all sorts of other stuff. Uh, to get to today, it is a Tuesday, so at 11.30, we will play the same name game during Rock O'Clock. We're going to play College Pop Culture Knowledge uh, knowledge at 10.30, so we've got games to make you feel good. When we come back, I do want to tell you a little bit more about um, the news about Amelia Earhart and possibly her plane all these years later being discovered. Learned a little bit more about like the team and the effort to find that, and also, stop me if you've heard this before, Elon Musk is doing something that might ruin humanity. That, when we come back, Donna and Steve on my talk. Hey guys, it's Donna here to tell you about Blaze Credit Union. Fire Credit Union, Highway Credit Union, they merged on January 1st. Now they are one credit union and they are called Blaze. Blaze has got loans for you to borrow for any purpose you can think of. I mean, maybe you want to take a vacation and you're just like, you know what? I'd rather take out a loan than go into my savings right now. Uh, They also finance newer used vehicles. They get that loan done really fast. And they also have extended warranty plans, which have much better coverage and at a lower cost than the dealer. So definitely look into that. Uh, They've also got home loans, home equity loans, also free checking. Like, there are no monthly maintenance fees. I happen to be a member of Blaze. Steve is a member of Blaze. You can be a member of Blaze. There are 26 locations across Minnesota. Find the location nearest you at blazecu.com. Blaze is insured by NCUA and an equal housing opportunity lender. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 107.1. Everything Entertainment. Uh, Steve? Hey. hey, I just wanted to give you a quick update on the My Talk Awards today. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. How'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it... I, I heard the first round did not go in our favor, yeah, but of course great. it would go to Barbie, whatever. Right, right, of course. Movie, we had Super Mario Brothers movie, which uh, audiences loved, critics, whatever. Um, we lost. It's okay. okay. They didn't do it's that okay. bad, though. I feel like we had 19% of the vote on okay. that one. And then we also lost for Artist of the Year, but we did come in number two with Luke Combs, who had um, 29% of the vote. Who won? That was somebody named, oh God, what's her name? 
Don't throw Taylor Swift, I think. Is it Taylor Swift? Taylor okay. Swift, okay. Uh, who had like fifty-one percent or forty-nine? Forty-nine percent. Who were the other uh, the other nominees there? We had Taylor Swift. Uh, we had Luke Combs in second. How about right. third and fourth? Uh, uh, Dua Lipa came in last. I know that. Who was that? What, what show? Dua Lipa. Oh, no, uh, that was uh, the that morning was, show? No, that was Bradley and Dawn. Oh, man, their third last <laughs> yeah. and then, They got to win, though. They and win. then uh, the morning show, we have Beyonce. Yes. For yes. Musical Artist of okay. the Year. Okay. So there you go. And tomorrow, you're going to be representing us for yep. Song of the Year, which I prepped for this morning. Okay, leave those notes on the table, I will. Um, and what's the other one we have tomorrow? We have TV streaming oh, yeah. show of the year. Oh. We have beef for that. Yeah, that's not going to win. But no, but it's okay. We could win for song of the year. We went flowers. Yes, I do think Lil Boo Thang. Yes, is gonna work. Yeah. I think that's gonna be the winner. You know what, Steve? In the morning show needs a win because we have zero my talk awards. At okay, oh, no. so you need to get on the board. <laughs> yep. Okay, I understand. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that that's your that's your favorite. But at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, we'll be there. Wonderful. Um, hey, yesterday, uh, real quick here. Mike mentioned during a dirt alert that there is a possibility that they have discovered Amelia Earhart's long missing aircraft. That was Matt Belanger. What a journey. I love all of my men friends whose name starts with M. <laughs> we did a little quiz on it. Actually. That's exactly right. Uh, well, there was a uh, here's the crew behind it. A former U.S. Air Force officer and a commercial real estate investor. His no- name is Tony Romeo, not Tony Romo, believes that he found her plane, which has been missing now for 87 years after she disappeared with it in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, The possible discovery came after Romeo, who is the CEO of Deep Sea Vision, sold some of his commercial real estate to fund this $11 million expedition to search for the plane. So way back in September, actually, he set off with a 16-person team, and they began to collect sonar data across 5,200 square miles of the ocean floor using these high-tech autonomous submersibles. So they just send them down there like a pool cleaner. And then it just sort of goes along the seafloor and is shooting things out. Yeah. Anyways, uh, 90 days into the journey, that is when they then start to look through these submersibles data. And then they found this blurry outline of what they think appears to be Amelia Earhart's long-missing plane. It's a Lockheed 10E Electra near Howland Island, which is halfway between Australia and Hawaii. Now, nothing has been confirmed yet. Experts do say, though, that the potential plane location would be consistent with historical data, as best they can tell. Uh, And now Romeo and his team, they plan to return to the suspected location to get evidence that it is indeed Amelia Earhart's plane. And if it is, Romeo says that it would belong in the Smithsonian. So if they do an actual... Uh, an effort, let's call it, for lack of a better term, if they make the effort to go down there and try to actually get the plane, as opposed to now we know where it is, because that's a whole other thing, actually removing it, Uh, playing the claw game with it on the seafloor, that's a little tricky. But he says, if we can do it, I'm not keeping it. It should be in the Smithsonian, so good on him. But anyway, rather interesting. I saw kind of like a sonar image of it. Yeah. Almost like a heat-seeking image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do see like this yellow outline of what appears to be a plane. You could easily believe it's a plane. So now we'll find out if they can get the evidence and then go down and get it, which would be pretty remarkable. Um, How do you say her name? Amelia? Earhart? Earhart. Okay. Earhart. Do you, you say Earhart? I just wondered if it was, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know how I say it, but who else was on the plane with her? Uh, 
You know, a dude. Just, there was a. I was looking at this earlier today. No follow up questions, Donna. Okay, actually. she just seems like such a cool lady. She, she was thirty nine when she passed away, just Damn. a couple of weeks before her fortieth uh, birthday. Um, now, very quickly, this Elon Musk. Stop me if you've heard this before. Has come out with something that might ruin humanity. What? Elon Musk says uh, the first human patient is quote unquote recovering well after his company Neuralink implanted a brain chip. Now, oh boy, here is oh what boy. he's here's what he said when he announced this back uh, months ago. Initial users of this brain chip will be those who have lost the use of their limbs. So Elon Musk said, and I think this is a cool thought. Imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or an auctioneer. That is the goal. However, he also said that there would be a chance that you could control a phone or a tablet or your television just by thinking about it from your brain. So I want to just say I really appreciate the the, the novel high-minded concept of helping those with severe disabilities, particularly those who can't communicate, to be able to communicate. Incredible. I just worry that eventually it's going to be like the blue check thing on Twitter or something like that, and it's like, look, you can pay 100 bucks and you can get the chip in your brain like everybody else and never have to use your hands again to control a phone. Take 10 seconds to think what could go wrong if you had a computer chip in your brain. I got hacked! Could you oh, imagine? weird. A lot yeah. of bad. Things. Oh, that's so far away, though. We don't have to worry about that. Well, you don't, but some of us do. That's right. No, I didn't oh, mean rude. that. Oh, wait, I didn't mean All that. All right, when we come back, hey, the Smart List podcast just scored a huge deal. In the meantime, I will tell you about Bradshaw and Bryant Law Firm. You know, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but as a kid, I suffered a personal injury. I was 13 years old. Ended up in the hospital for three months in traction. And, you know, I could tell you firsthand that an accident like that is physically and emotionally devastating, not just for me, but for the whole family. And oftentimes it's a huge financial burden, not only on the individuals, but like I said, on families as well. And that's why when an accident happens, it is so important to have someone advising you, someone with experience in personal injury law. It doesn't cost anything to call Mike Bryant at Bradshaw and Bryant or a member of his team. So make sure if something like this happens to you, God forbid, you don't sign anything. Don't make a statement until you've spoken with a personal injury attorney. You could find Mike Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant today very easily online at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. I have an update, Steve, on Burger King onion rings. Oh, great. Your mom had uh, sent a text and said that the onion rings she got at uh, Burger King were, like, weird. They weren't rings. Her phrase was it. You felt like you were biting something that had been pre-chewed. And when you open the deep fried ring, yeah. you're supposed to see the actual ring of onion right. inside of it. Mm. She said it looked like a bunch of mushed up onion byproduct. Well, we got a bunch of emails, people saying that their onion rings have been like that for years. Mm. Um, they're always just little chunks instead of... Do people feel good about them? Or um, I guess it's all expectations, right? I 
don't know. Nobody's really commenting. Um, because I could be, not to disagree with my mom, but I could be talked into the onion mashup because when you bite into a normal onion ring, 50% of the time, when you go to bite down, the whole onion escapes yeah. through mm-hmm. the, the deep fried ring sleeve. That's right. Now, I don't prefer my onion that way. I like it to all stay in there. And so you either have to have sharp teeth or maybe you need to go to Burger King. (laughs) Have it your way. Well, Phil Jones, unpaid researcher, said uh, he was grabbing the BK onion rings now. This was yesterday at 11 o'clock in the morning and said, we'll shoot you an Instagram video of unpaid research. So you might want to look for that. Okay, I will. Uh, It's already up and we're all tagged in it. So we need to take a look at our... Okay. Social media. Okay, we'll see what's inside of them. And I wonder what what uh, what fast food joint has the best onion rings. I mean, if you're not getting a true ring of onion inside of that Burger King onion ring, I'll tell you who's got the best mozzarella sticks, and that's freaking Arby's. Ooh. Okay. Don't sleep on Arby's they for your been... mozzarella sticks. Oh. I love a beef and cheddar, too. I bet you've Ooh, never yeah. had a beef and cheddar, Donna. I don't think I have. Oh, it's good, oh, Donna. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beef and wow. then melt cheddar. How about that? It's very good. Maybe on an I onion have. bun. Oh wow! Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. I'm gonna go. No, stick around. Now I'm just thinking about fast food. I'm like, I wonder what's a fun fast food restaurant to work at. I'd love to see a survey of like, based talk to employees. Where do they like working the most? Where is where is employee satisfaction at fast food restaurants highest, and where is it lowest? I'm going to put Airport McDonald's pretty high on the low list. Because they're slow? It just feels like the morale is, uh, we didn't we didn't want to land at the airport location. <laughs> also, very stressful. But, you know, a lot of times, it may still be the case, but if you're working in food service at an airport, you're working through another vendor who then represents. Yes. The, I waited tables okay. for one day at Ike's at MSP. Okay. And I was technically an employee of another situation. Oh. It was How long ago was this, Holly? Because Ike's hasn't been there that long. Oh, my, like a zillion years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ike's isn't even open anymore, so don't it's worry not? about it. No. What? Uh, no. I've never heard of Ike's. I don't know what you guys, oh, I'm just going along for the ride. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a local steakhouse. Yeah, there's one on 494, I think, right? Yeah. Inside the Sofitel or one of those I, places. I, I don't know. They've got nice, luxurious meats. Yes. Yeah. I look so this up. That's the whole thing. Right. I bet the two places, Culver's and In-N-Out, Boy. are where people are vibing. With the butter burgers. Yeah, okay. Yep. And the okay. concrete mixers. Okay, yep. never had yep. either of those things, but they sound fabulous. Oh, Donna. Enjoy. Yeah, my uh, Culver's Culver's is great. You get good customer service there. In and out, they're on it. They're a machine. My nephew works at Chick-fil-A, and he loves the vibe there. He's like, it's fun. Oh, what are we on a milkshake station today? This is great. Am I working the window at the drive-thru? And now some of these Chick-fil-A's have these weird, like, full doors. Have you seen these? No. So it's not a drive-thru window. Here's your spicy chicken. It is like doors as though you were walking in through automatic doors into a hotel or or, or something like that. Then they step out fully. The human emerges from the building, and then they hand you your food. I don't know what the benefit of it is, but it's like the new wave of any remodeled Chick-fil-A's. I think they're moving toward these weird sliding doors, and then they step out of the door. It's strange. 
But he huh. gets ten dollars of Chick Fil A at the end of each shift, so he just loads up. Like, all right, I'm going to take a spicy chicken. He'll sometimes also order one nugget for That's a dollar. Brilliant! What like what great added value to working somewhere? Particularly yeah. for a teenager, yes, when you're always hungry or a college kid, yeah, yes, you love fast food, and that's what you want to get paid in. Listen, I, I don't like to talk much about my dating relationship with my wife, but when we were dating, there was a brief time that she was working at Wendy's, and uh, and Pappy loved the spicy chicken, and so you tell me when she would get off of her shift, and she would come back with a frosty. A spicy chicken fries. It was like the end of the night, and it was like, what do we still have? It was incredible. And even better, she smelled like Wendy's grease. (laughs) (laughs) This is incredible. We learned a lot just in the last couple of seconds. (laughs) Way more than I wanted to. First of all, you sound like you're in a polygamous relationship by saying, Pappy, like... Ew. Yeah, yeah. Sisters, wives, chicken sandwiches. Okay. All right. You do you. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, the Wendy. Yeah, it was just a great fragrance on her. Gross. All right, well, fabulous. Oh, should we get on with the show? I guess. All right, um, we love the Smart List podcast. At least I loved the um, televised version of Very it. funny, very funny. Really, really good. Limited series, loved it. Um, I think it was a limited series, or is it a series series? It was maybe a limited series. Damn, it was like when they were that. touring, yeah. Right, okay. Well, they just signed a deal with, um, you know, the three guys, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, for three years to Sirius XM for $100 million. Hmm. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. And they had already been getting paid, I guess, by Amazon. Yes. And so this is this is another deal, but a bigger deal. Wow. Good for them. Wow. who You know, imagine being like these established celebrities, artists, actors. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to, you know, you're looking for your next gig and then you find out, oh, let's just, we, we have a pretty good rapport. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, we're like, we don't and need to put on you rich? any makeup. We don't need uh, a big crew. Yes. We're like zooming in half the time. Um yeah, let's just do this. And yes, that scores you your biggest, probably, individual payday for any of those guys. And they've all been very successful, obviously. Ob- yes. Oh, my gosh. And this is what's going to make them, like, megastars? That's that's really an interesting story. Kudos to them. Yeah, for sure. 100 mil. Um, I saw a story that was twofold weird. That I wanted to get to. Okay. It started out predictable. So don't look at, don't click on the link, Tom. Okay. I just want to tell you a story. Okay. okay? Sure. <clears throat> you know Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what Elmo sounds it's, like. That was I my used Elmo. To, <laughs> my only Elmo. I have a micro impression. I can only say, say two words. Crap, I haven't done this in a while. Let's try it. Mr. Noodle. Nailed it. Mm. That's, That's great. Okay. Yeah. Good okay. job. I anyway, guess. I don't uh, know. I never met the guy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Elmo from Sesame Street took to Twitter yesterday. Okay. And Elmo just tweeted, Elmo is checking in. How's everybody doing? What turned this into a story was not the innocuous, lighthearted tweet that Elmo put out, but it was the realness that people were hitting back with. And wait till the end because there was a surprising character who chimed in who sent me into a whole nother black hole of the internet 
So Elmo puts that out, really happy. Elmo's checking in. How's everybody doing? <laughs> it's cute. One user commented, Elmo, I'm going to be real. I'm at my bleeping limit. <laughs> Another person said, Elmo, I've got to level with you, baby. We are fighting for our lives. T-Pain chimed in. Oh, no. I'm just looking for somebody to talk to and show me some love, if you know what I mean. That reads a little creepy for me, but whatever. Me too. Rachel Zegler said, quote, resisting the urge to tell Elmo that I'm kind of sad. Dionne Warwick replied with a gif of her staring at the camera and then looking down. <laughs> the Walking Dead used a gif of a bloody Rick Grimes screaming on his knees in response to Elmo's question. Oscar the Grouch predictably said, Grouchy, Cookie Monster, you know, me doing okay. <laughs> me would be doing better if me had some cookies. All right, so that was very predictable. But then, Big Bird replied. And here's what his response said. Day six, still tiny. Hashtag help Big Bird. Apparently, Big Bird has a Twitter. And six days ago, Big Bird took to Twitter. Oh, no, what happened to him? Did he shrink? And he said, it's a little tiny Big Bird on Sesame Street, a wide shot. And he says, "Uh uh-oh, does anyone know how to make me Big Bird again? Aww. Big, Big Bird. Then he goes day two, another one. He's really small. Now he's talking to a Muppet insect, Donna. Day two of being (laughs) tiny, Big Bird tweets. Does this mean that I am now just bird? (laughs) Has anyone figured out how to help me? So now what started as a weird Elmo getting hit with realness of all the kids that he used to talk to, now we're all adults struggling through, battling through melancholy times and depressing times and all of that turned into... What the heck happened to Big Bird? So now, obviously, I can't stop watching the Big Bird thread because I need to know how he gets big. Snuffleupagus walked right past him and couldn't even hear him. Big Bird is so small, Donna. Big Bird was yelling for Snuffleupagus, couldn't hear him. I think this actually was an elaborate ploy by the Sesame Street people. They put the Elmo tweet out there, not thinking people would hit back with all that, but still they got some extra attraction out of that. But it was all just a plant for Big Bird to get some more attention and to put his thing out there so that more people would start asking about it. One user said, day three of Big Bird being tiny, still no news stories. Hmm. Why won't the media cover this, Donna? <laughs> hmm? I don't know what's going on. What was that? A uh, Muppet voice? <laughs> no, that was I don't know. <laughs> That was weird for me. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, t- uh, yesterday was... Um, oh, my God. Oh, no, never mind. It was not National Elmo Day. Never oh. Mind. Oh, did you think it was? Today is National... Plan a Vacation Day. Croissant Day. Is it National Croissant Day? I think it is, which is... Oh, that explains why my egg sandwich was made with a croissant. That explains that. We'll have to remember to ask Brian if that was intentional. I'm sure it was. Thank you. Well, here's one more um, comment in response to Elmo. Then we got to go. Elmo, each day the abyss we stare into grows a unique horror, one that was previously unfathomable in nature. Our inevitable doom, which was once accelerated in years or months, now accelerates in hours, even minutes. However, I did have a good grapefruit earlier, so thank you for asking. So one user (laughs) responded to Elmo. Aw, cute. All right, we got to go. Good story, Steve. Bye.
See you later, Donna. Hey, oh, no, listen. Remember um, the guy who stole the ruby slippers? Yes. He was just handed down his sentence for that crime. I'll let you know about that. Also, Bob Odenkirk just found out he's related to an international superstar. We'll tell you about that, too. And if you see something, say something. Uh. Coming up next. Hi, it's Donna. You know what? If you are in the market for adding a fireplace to your home or maybe updating an existing fireplace, why not go to the fireplace store that the Star Tribune has named the best in Minnesota for two years straight. They are called Energy Savers Fireplaces. And if you think about it, fireplace, boy, what a nice addition to a home. It becomes the focal point. It's where we take all the family photos, where we uh, decorate um, beautifully for the holidays, hang our stockings. Think about it. It just exudes memories. Um, So this is why I I want to encourage you to go to Energy Savers Fireplaces. First of all, they are a local family-owned business. They are a full-service fireplace store with only five-star ratings. And um, their customer service is second to none. Go to EnergySaversFireplaces.com or stop by their showroom, your complete fireplace store. Family-owned and operated since 1976 in Oakdale. We're back. Better than ever. If I do say so myself. I just thought I would kind of workshop that one. By the way, before the break, we were talking about Elmo tweeting out, how's everybody doing? Just checking in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody else said, I did not have us trauma dumping on Elmo on my bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else tweeted, Elmo, it isn't safe here. Get out. And then someone else said, wait, look what we've done. We trauma dumped so hard on Elmo that Sesame Street's official account yesterday had to put out a tweet saying, Thank you, Elmo, for checking in with a reminder for us to pause and take a mindful moment to focus on how we're feeling. But then they shift to, for emotional well-being resources and more, visit. And then they link up to a mental health site that they have. We scared Sesame Street yesterday. We being Twitter humanity. Hmm. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay. There's also great gifts of Elmo as he watches all the tweets come in. (laughs) It's pretty great. The internet is undefeated and funny. I will say that. They sure are, Steve. Thank you for sharing. Whatever, Don. All right. Onward! Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. Alrighty, the man who pleaded guilty to stealing the ruby slippers, Judy Garland, Warren, Wizard of Oz, will not face any prison time. Hmm. He's uh, he's an elderly gentleman, right? He's uh, he's seventy six. Oh, okay. he's also in hospice care. Okay. okay. So on Monday, uh, Terry John Martin received time sentenced and one year of probation for the crime. This was at the U.S. District Court in Duluth. After he entered a guilty plea in October, as the New York Times and the Associated uh, Press had reported, um, his defense attorney said that he decided to take part in the crime after an unidentified former mob associate encouraged him to commit one last score with the theft and then told him that the shoes were contained real rubies. Hmm. 
The man testified that he disposed of the slippers fewer than two days after stealing them. Once he was informed that the rubies weren't real, they were made of glass. Hmm. He was not familiar with their cultural significance and had never seen the Wizard of Oz before the theft. Really? No, wow. that's maybe the most surprising part of that story. Guilty! Donna! Lying, sir. Um, yeah, they just, they recommended time served because, as I said, he is in hospice care. He is mm. not expected to live beyond six months. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just a crazy case, huh? I would say he should watch The Wizard of Oz. Maybe they could make it that sentence. Love that. Yes, I like that. Hmm. That's, uh, so that's the update on that story. This is kind of interesting. Do you ever watch that show on, is it Finding Your Roots? There's different variations of it. I think the this one is called Finding Your Roots. Sounds like a PBS sort of a show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Celebrities go on it and they find out, you know, sometimes they find out disturbing things that their, you know, ancestors were slave owners, which probably is not that surprising if you really think about Perhaps it. Perhaps not right? all that uncommon. Yes, yeah. yes. If you go um, back far enough, sure. So now, after an appearance on that show, Bob Odenkirk has learned that he's not just entertainment royalty, but actual royalty. So what? He has a, a pretty powerful cousin, King Charles the Third. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. <laughs> His fifth great-grandfather, Frederick Carl Steinholtz, the son of Duke of Pawn, born in Germany in 1755. So through his father, this guy was related to like the web of European royal families, um, including Prince Charles. Oh, sorry, King Charles. He's wow. not going to take offense at that. Don't worry. Yeah, you're probably right. Do you? Um, so could he get a a sit down now with Uncle oh, Chuck? Great question. You would think so, right? No. No. I don't think so. Would Prince, excuse me, King Charles view that as like the third cousin coming out of the woodwork after you hit the lottery? Odenkirk Cur- yeah, suddenly exactly. looking to become a Duke of exactly Albuquerque. Albuquerque, that's good. It was a Breaking Bad reference. Thank you. You got it. All right. That's One more thing story. on Elmo. Elmo did tweet this <laughs> out. Elmo, oh my God. But Donna, you will appreciate this. Elmo tweeted 23 hours ago, it's 11-11. Everybody make a wish for Big Bird to be big again. Aw, love it. So sweet. Let's I knew that would that. get you back. Aww. I knew that would win you back. You're a sucker for anybody mentioning 11-11. I love 11-11. I'm going to write it down here. Uh, remember 11-11 for Big Bird. There you go. Big Bird also said on his day five update, it's been a big trip for a little bird, but I've learned so much. Even though it might be hard to see me right now, I've felt seen by all of you. Aww. Listen, guys, Sesame Street has gloves off right now on Twitter, and they are asking questions. They're forcing us to think about things. Big Bird, you know Big Bird's going to drop a lesson on us. There's a freaking TED Talk coming with Big Bird on the center of that red circle. And he's going to talk about perspective. Right, right, right. And what life was like as a Big Bird. But now that I'm smaller, I see life totally differently. What I used to think was fun seems a little bit scary. And maybe it's like that for you. 
Hello! <laughs> That's going to be an episode. Yeah, I, I learned that same lesson from Elmo when I saw him on Hollywood Boulevard. It was a really great <laughs> moment. Oh, amazing. Yeah, if you, if you are more of a uh, Band-Aid off approach, ripping it off in terms of breaking your childhood... Go to Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> They'll do it for you. Times Square is not a bad follow-up either. Yeah, I've Vegas, been there. Uh, you know, the Strip. Fake Mickey and Minnie at Times Square. They're not the real Mickey and Minnie. Fake Mickey and Minnie, I am not kidding you, will take their head off and hold it under their arm as they talk crap oh, about no. people who are walking by and they're like, oh, wait, you're looking for a picture? Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's rude. Donna, they do not respect or honor the code of mascots. Yeah. And remember, if you do take a photograph with one of these individuals, please tip them. They were looking for a tip. Yeah. Learn the hard way when my dad was coerced by Lucy, Lucille Ball herself, <laughs> in front of the Gravis Chinese Theater. No. And I just said, Dad, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he walked away and didn't give her a tip. <gasps> How no. much of a tip would be acceptable? Ten bucks? I think you could just yeah. slip him a five. Yeah. Oh. if you had like three singles? I'm just saying. Okay, what if you just took a picture of them without you That's in frowned it? upon. They're, they don't like that. Okay. Yeah, this is not the happiest place on earth, Hollywood Boulevard. Got it. Okay. These are people so who need is, to hit the liquor store. This is where said. dreams go to die. I gotcha. All right. Thank Holly, you, Holly. On that note. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with some music news after a dirt alert from Mike. That's it. Hey, friends. It's Steve. You know, the season is changing, and now is the time to begin planning your winter adventures here in Minnesota. From dog sledding across a frozen lake to dining in an igloo, winter can be magical in Minnesota. So start planning your winter getaway and visit one of the world's largest malls or catch a touring Broadway production. Get your free monthly travel e-newsletter and start planning your dream trip or browse through endless events and activities happening throughout the entire state by visiting ExploreMinnesota.com.